Larry Waters had a healthy fear of ice. You don't grow up around frozen lakes. You don't fish on the ice for years without learning to respect the danger of ice. But one day, he misjudged the depth of the ice. They say that two to three inches is safe to walk on. Three to five inches, you can drive your snowmobile across it. If it's 12 inches thick, then you can drive a truck on the ice. And when Larry and Chrissy came to the edge of the lake on their ATV, he noticed what looked like fresh car tracks in the snow. And he assumed that if a car could cross the lake, then it was safe for them to take their ATV to the other side. And it was safe. Right up to the moment, the ice cracked. And as he said, the ATV stopped, dropped, and rolled them right into the icy water. Well, the ATV sank like a stone instantly, and Larry and Christy also instantly were facing death. They tried pulling themselves up out of the ice, but every time they did, the ice just cracked some more. Water filled their clothes. Water filled their boots. It was dragging them down like anchors. No matter what they did, they couldn't climb out. And it began to dawn on them, we are going to die here today. Larry swam to Chrissy. He gave her a kiss. He hugged her. He told her he loved her. And they began to accept the fact that they would die cold, frayed, and alone. Now, spoiler alert, in case you're really nervous this moment, uh, Larry and Chrissy do not die because I'm watching this actually on a YouTube video. But I want to pause right here. I'm going to leave them in that icy water. And you might say on this day that Larry and Chrissy experienced a breakthrough uh, which led to a need for a real breakthrough. They were in an impossible situation. Maybe like someone who's here today, you know, for the next few weeks, Southwinds, together as a family, we're going to be taking a spiritual journey together. It is a journey we're calling breakthrough, and some of us really need a breakthrough today because we are facing what seems like an impossible situation. It seems hopeless. We, we, we cannot see any way out. Others of us aren't in an impossible situation, but the truth is we are facing obstacles in our lives that have discouraged us and defeated us and, to be honest, have paralyzed us in such a way that we're in a place where we don't know what to do, we don't know where to go, we need outside help, we need a breakthrough. I'm calling today's message, How to Experience Breakthrough, and some of you have already noticed that your message notes sheet is blank and I'm going to be giving you principles and truths things you can write down if you want to like we do every week but I kind of wanted to leave this page blank this week for a particular reason to symbolize something important and I want it to symbolize this I I want this blank sheet to symbolize just the openness the wide openness that we each need to have to God and to God's leading during this breakthrough season and I would go so far as to say that we will never experience breakthrough in our lives without being open to God and what God says to us. Amen? In fact, I'm praying that I will be open. I'm praying that you will be open. And, and I would just like to encourage each of us right now to do something to symbolize that. Would you just take your hands and kind of lift them up like this, just open, spread out, just to say to God in your heart right now, God, I'm open. Can we just say that out loud together? God, I'm open. 
God, we want you to move. We want you to work in our lives. We're open to you right now. So the question is, how do you experience breakthrough? Well, let's start with a question maybe some of you are having, and that's this. What is a breakthrough? Uh, well, a breakthrough, I think we can define it as something that happens anytime someone makes spiritual progress. Uh, a breakthrough is when God takes you to a new place spiritually. It's when you become more like Jesus. And sometimes that's a giant step, and sometimes that's a baby step. It is sometimes about something that's just enormous, cataclysmic, life-changing in your life. Or sometimes it's about something very small, maybe very private. Breakthroughs happen at the beginning of a life of faith. Whenever someone comes to faith in Jesus Christ, breakthroughs happen whenever a believer accepts uh, and receives an answer to prayer. Or maybe they gain a deeper grasp of some biblical truth that God's trying to teach them. Breakthroughs happen when someone wins a victory over some sin pattern or habit that has defeated them for a very long time. Breakthroughs sometimes are about God stepping in and doing something humanly impossible. And breakthroughs sometimes are also about you and I simply obeying in faith and seeing God win quiet victories in our lives. Is there anyone here today, you need a breakthrough? You need a breakthrough? Webster gives these definitions of breakthrough. I think they help us kind of understand it a little bit more. Uh, first of all, a breakthrough is an offensive military assault that penetrates and carries beyond a defensive line. And this reminds us that you, you don't see breakthroughs if you just sit around and you just wait for them to happen. They are offensive strikes through enemy lines. Now, God makes it happen, but God calls us to step forward in faith and say, God, I will act on what you have told me. I will act on what I know to be true, and I will trust you to do what I cannot do on my own as I obey you in faith. you got to step forward in faith if you want to experience breakthrough. Second definition, it's an act or instance of moving through or beyond an obstacle. Are there any obstacles in your life, any barriers in front of you, and you need to break through them? It could be a relationship. For some of us, it is a, a lie. It is, it is a false belief that we're holding on to, and it's keeping us trapped. For some of us, maybe it's an addiction. It is, it is something that is holding us back, and we have to break through it. You could also define a breakthrough as a sudden advance, especially in knowledge or technique. And I, I think this may be where most of us go when we think of breakthrough, because what we really want are quick and total victories. Amen? We would like to walk out of here in just a few minutes, totally whole, totally healed, all right? That would be awesome, wouldn't it? But it doesn't always work like that. Sometimes God gives us sudden advances. Sometimes he does things dramatically, spectacularly. But has anyone else noticed that more often he calls us to obey and to trust and to pray and to keep on obeying and to keep on trusting and to keep on praying? Sometimes... He just wants us to keep doing what he's called us to do. For example, he calls us to read his word and pray day after day, year after year. Not just when the word leaps off the page and our eyes are bright and we're full of joy and our prayers are like getting answered left and right. He calls us to just obey and do what he says no matter what happens. 
He calls us to get involved in community where we can learn and we can grow and be challenged. And sometimes that's in uncomfortable or painful ways. He just calls us to be in process always, always of being changed by his spirit. But sometimes God does move suddenly, dramatically, and there is breakthrough. And it can happen in your life. It can happen in your life group. And it can happen across this church family. Sometimes God does it in entire cultures. There's breakthrough. Final definition of breakthrough can be defined as a person's first notable success. And this would be uh, when, what happens when someone trusts Christ for the first time. It, it's what happens when a Christ follower experiences any kind of first-time victory. And maybe God's going to give to you this kind of breakthrough Maybe it's going to come to someone today. Maybe it's going to come during these next few weeks of breakthrough. They can happen, these breakthroughs, in all kinds of ways. Maybe the breakthrough you need is in your marriage. Maybe it's in your career. Maybe it's in your relationships. Maybe you need a financial breakthrough or a health breakthrough or an emotional breakthrough or a breakthrough in your thinking. Maybe the breakthrough you need is an answer to prayer. And it's a prayer you've been praying for years. Maybe it's what you put down on that breakthrough prayer card. Someone is here today, I'm sure I'm speaking to more than one person, and you're spiritually stuck. Truth of the matter is you feel spiritually lifeless. You don't want to be where you are with the Lord right now, but you cannot seem to move. You cannot seem to go forward, and you don't know why. Some of you know why. Some of you know there is an issue of sin in your life and you have so far been unwilling or it seems like unable to stop and it has a hold on you it's a habit you cannot seem to shake you feel a lot like the apostle paul in romans 7 you do what you don't want to do you don't want to do what you do maybe for you it's a genuine crisis it's like an impossible situation and you know only god can address it whatever it is how do we experience breakthrough now one of the things I want you to understand today is that I don't think the Bible gives any one-size-fits-all approach to breakthrough. There's nothing in the Bible that says we have to do it exactly like this, these six steps, you know, these ten principles. There really are many ways that God can break through. But today I want to show you a story of breakthrough. And there are principles that will guide us anytime we're in breakthrough. And then I want to give you real briefly a pattern for breakthrough that you can follow as you seek God. Now, if you're uh, not there yet, go ahead and open your Bible to 2 Samuel chapter 5. And we're going to be reading verses 17 through 25. This is a story of breakthrough. It, it happened in King David's life, and this happened early in his reign as the king. Here's what it says, beginning in verse 17. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel... All the Philistines went up to search for David, but David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. And David came to Baal-perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Therefore, the name of that place is called Baal-perazim. And the Philistines left their idols there, and David and his men carried them away. 
And the Philistines came up yet again and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, You shall not go up. Go around to their rear and come against them opposite the balsam trees. And when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then rouse yourself, for then the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did as the Lord commanded him and struck down the Philistines from Geba to Gezer. Now David, he was a man who experienced breakthrough. He went through all kinds of seasons in his life. If you know his story, all kinds of ups and downs. He had a long season of obscurity, just out tending sheep all by himself, just him and God. There was a season where out of nowhere he gets anointed king. He's not asking for it. Then there was a season where he gets falsely accused and he lives on the run. There's a season where he spends his life in caves just hiding. And then he had a season where he's living in a palace. He had seasons where he was celebrated, you know, people singing songs about their ex, his exploits. You know, Saul has defeated thousands, but David, ten thousands. And then David had a season where his own son runs him out of town and tries to kill him. In other words, David understood what it was like to be on top, what it meant to be in the valley of the shadow of death. See, the Bible describes David as a man after God's own heart. And it's not because he was perfect, he certainly was not. But it was because in every season of his life, even when he sinned and failed, he kept coming back to God. He he kept focusing his heart on God. David did not focus on circumstances. David did not give in to fear. He, he He did not run when giants were standing in front of him. He kept focusing his eyes on God. Now, God really can break through any way he wants. But I think often he does the things that we see in these verses. And I just want to give you real quickly five breakthrough realities. You can write these down. First of all, God breaks through in the midst of battles. Verse 17 again, which says, When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David, but David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. If you go back to the beginning of 2 Samuel, read these first chapters, you will see they tell the story of how David becomes the king of all Israel. He's been the king over the tribe of Judah for seven years. And during this time that we read in 2 Samuel, he gets anointed king over all the tribes. And then the Philistines, becoming aware of that, they want the kingdom to remain divided like it's been for seven years. Now that it's united, they think David's going to cause problems for them. And so they want to attack him. The NIV says they went up in full force. David's 30 years old now. He has already fought enough battles for a lifetime, but this is his first test as a king. I don't know uh, about what he thought, but I'm kind of thinking if I'd finally made it to the throne, that I would think, you know what, life's going to get easier now, right? I mean, you know, I'm on the throne, I'm the king, all I have to do is tell people what to do, collect the taxes, live the easy life, king stuff, you know? But that's just not reality, is it? Has anybody ever noticed that? 
The reality in all of our lives is in spite of God's anointing and in spite of all God's blessing and all God's promises, David, in this case, faced a battle, and so do we. The Apostle Paul said, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. That's Acts 14, 22. The Apostle Peter said, don't be surprised at the fiery trial you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. And yet we're always surprised, aren't we? Sometimes, sometimes a breakthrough will happen in a place of peace. And we can praise God when that takes place. But most of the time, God brings most spiritual breakthroughs right in the middle of battles. Can I get a witness? In fact, you know, if you truly want to see God in your life, just have a crisis, okay? That's usually when he shows up in amazing ways, right? So we, just, we, want that, we want that part. We want the God shows up part, not the crisis. But God breaks through in the midst of battles. You might say, well, why does that happen? Well, let me ask you this question. When are the times that you find that you are most often the closest to God? When you're up here or when you're down there? Just be honest right now, right? Everybody say, down there. Because it's when we're struggling, it's when we're feeling defeated, it's when we're not succeeding. When we're having battles and we're facing crisis, that's when we realize that we're not enough. That's when we realize our resources are not enough. And that's when we are most likely to lean on God. God breaks through when we trust in him. And it's in those times of battles and crisis that we will experience that. Let me just ask you right now, is your life hard? Are you facing trials? Are they fiery? Do not think that God cannot break through. You may be closer to a breakthrough than you can even imagine right now. Second, God breaks through when we're willing to fight. And we see this in verse 19. It says, And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. Now, there's a couple things we're going to notice in this verse. And the first one is David's willingness to fight. David hears they're massing forces, these Philistines, but he doesn't run. He's not indecisive. He is willing to go out. And I will say this, that some of us will miss out on spiritual breakthrough because we always retreat. We're not willing to fight. We don't want to stand up. We don't want to resist. The truth is, in 2019, 21st century American culture, many of us, we don't want to fight. We just want to be entertained. You know, I sometimes wonder if more people right now are missing out on more spiritual breakthroughs than at any other time in history. You say, why would you say that? Well, because more people are sitting passively in front of screens, scrolling their lives away, just flipping through endless social media feeds. And if you say, well, I don't do that, okay, don't be too haughty, don't be too proud. You ever find yourself mindlessly flipping through channels? I know you people that don't do social media, you still have a remote control. <laughs> we just want to be entertained. We, we will spend hours sometimes thumbing our phone's screen, watching videos about nothing. Now, I'm sure no one at Southwinds, no one in this room has ever done this, but I, I know some people who did. I, I've read about it. 
So you say you want a breakthrough. Are you willing to fight? Are you spiritually passive? You're spiritually in a comfortable chair and you don't even know how to get up. So you've got to be willing to fight. You say, well, how do I fight spiritually? Well, listen to these words. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, Paul writes, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And then he says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Those are words of fight. Do they ever apply to your life? You say, well, how do I do this? How do I fight spiritually? It's not real complicated, to be real honest. If anybody tells you it is, they're missing the point. Here's how you fight. We fight first and foremost with God's word and prayer. That's how we fight. And you will not experience breakthrough if you're not reading God's word, if you're not praying to God. You know, some of us ought to spend some time during this breakthrough season in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 in our life groups. Maybe today you want to do this. You want to talk about how we can fight spiritually with God's word and with prayer. You know, we're asking everyone at Southwinds to pray daily. To pray daily for breakthrough during this breakthrough spiritual initiative will you do that do you have any intentions of doing that or has that already floated past your head it's one more thing that the pastor asks you to do and yeah i don't know i got stuff to do right are, are you going to fight are you going to fight and we're going to we're going to talk more specifically about the kinds of breakthrough that God wants to bring to us as a church in the weeks ahead, but we have to fight. Let me ask you this, will you fight when you fail to do what you want to do? This is where so many of us fall down. You, you, you want to read God's word and you want to pray. In fact, you're intending to pray every day, but you're going to miss a day and then some of you are going to say, I can't do this, and you just give up. That's not fighting. You have to get up again. You have to pick yourself up again in, in, in the power of God. And you have to do what God says. Fighting means getting up and obeying again. And you don't do it in your own strength. You ask God to empower you to do his will. You know, breakthrough is, is something that we want in our own lives. But I wonder if you think about it ever in terms of our entire church family in a corporate way. We're going to be talking more specifically in the weeks ahead about how churches can break through. And we believe that God wants to break through here at South Winds across our church family. And I just want to ask you this question while we're talking about fighting. Have you ever stopped to think that there are people in this church who need you to fight? God wants to use you to help them. And they may miss out on your help if you won't fight. Have you ever stopped to think that there are people in your family or on your street or in your workplace and they need you to fight? And who might experience the breakthrough of salvation, a changed eternity, if you are willing to fight? Who might see a marriage restored if you are willing to fight who might break an addiction or find emotional healing if you are willing to fight and some of us have settled we have settled for being entertained 
we have settled for the status quo spiritually. We are content to come to church and sing some songs and listen to a sermon and go eat lunch. But we're not fighting spiritually. And we're missing out on so many breakthroughs. God breaks through when we are willing to fight. Are we going to fight, Southwinds? Who's up for fighting? Here's the third thing. God breaks through in response to meaningful prayer. We're still in verse 19. And I don't really know what was going on in David's mind in, in this verse, if he was really just eager to fight or, or not. He was a warrior, so, you know, um, he probably had some interest in fighting. It was part of who he was. But I think he also, as the king, didn't want to put soldiers in harm's way if he didn't need to. He only wants to fight if God is in the fight with him. How is he going to know that? Well, the answer is he prays. He, he listens to God. And one of the characteristics that we see so clearly about David, it's part of what made him a man after God's own heart. It's part of what, notice this in the flow of biblical history, he comes right after Saul. It's a contrast in both uh, the, the books of Samuel and then in the Chronicles. It's a contrast to Saul. Saul didn't pray. Saul didn't inquire of the Lord. David did. It says here he inquired of the Lord. And this means he prayed but this doesn't just mean he, he like said a prayer here and there. This is a serious seeking of God himself and God's will. And meaningful prayer means serious prayer. It's not always lengthy, but it's always passionate. It's always deeply heartfelt. It's not casual. And if you want to see a breakthrough in your life, start praying. Inquire of the Lord. Seek his face. Jesus says, ask and seek and knock keep asking keep seeking keep knocking don't stop praying until god tells you to stop that's meaningful prayer and, and when you pray i mean really go to god for direction uh, don't tell god what you want to do and then ask him if he will bless that anybody ever do that right now please raise your hands no lying in church <laughs> sometimes that's our prayer right <laughs> we just ask god to bless what we want to do already. Meaningful prayer is when you say, God, I'm open. I want to do what you want me to do. I'm going to do that. You know, I asked myself this week, how many breakthroughs have you missed because you weren't praying? Have you ever asked yourself that question? John Piper once said, and I want to show you this because um, all of us need to hear it, some of us more than others. One of the great uses of Twitter and Facebook will be to prove at the last day, that's the day of judgment in case you're wondering, that prayerlessness was not from lack of time. Can I get a witness? Some of us think we're too busy to pray. We need to pray. You know, we're going to be praying daily during breakthrough. I think we should be praying for breakthrough in our life groups each week when we gather each week. On October the 27th, we're going to have a church-wide prayer gathering that Sunday afternoon where all of us can come together. I have a question. You know, you have your breakthrough prayer card. And I wonder if anyone wrote down a prayer request, a breakthrough prayer request that was not about themselves, but it was about the church. Now, I'm not judging you if you didn't do that. I understand we go first to our own breakthrough needs, but I want to encourage you, why don't you add a breakthrough prayer, at least one that you will be praying for Southwinds? 
and, and start praying that we as a church family will see breakthroughs. The fourth uh, area we see is that God breaks through when we obey his word. So David asked God and then David obeyed God. David fought. David didn't ask for a second opinion. David didn't listen to God and then go and do his own thing. David just obeyed. And here's something I'm really confident about. During breakthrough, God will tell all of us, every single one of us, to obey his word in some way. Are you expecting him to do that? God's going to tell you to obey his word in some way during this, these weeks, probably in multiple ways. But here's the question. Will we obey? Will we do what God says? Will we trust him enough to obey? See, during breakthrough, we're going to be looking together at a number of things. We're going to look together about how God is calling us as a church to break through in service, to get outside ourselves, to serve other people, how we serve God, how we serve others. We're going to be looking together at how God is calling us to break through in generosity and in prayer and in faith. And God is going to tell you to do some things. Here's the question. Are you going to obey? And if you don't obey, you're not going to see breakthrough. I wonder if you've ever asked yourself why God has saved you. What's the purpose God had in bringing you to faith in Jesus? I want you to listen to these verses from Romans 16. Uh, Paul writes, Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed, and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God, and here it is, to bring about the obedience of faith. To the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul is saying that the whole purpose of Christ's death was to bring about in your life the obedience of faith. Faith always involves obedience. David believed, obeyed because he believed. And God wants us, each of us, to trust him enough to do what he says and to do it how he says to do it. David was in a battle. David was willing to fight. David prayed and asked God what he wanted him to do. And when God answered, David obeyed. He did what God said. And the result we see in verse 20. And David came to Baal-perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Therefore, the name of that place is called Baal-perazim. So God blesses David's obedience. He breaks through the lines of the Philistines. He brings victory to David and to Israel. And what David saw in that battle so captivated his mind and heart that he cried out. It's like a flood. Like a flood breaking through, smashing everything in its path. One commentator I read this week said that we sometimes domesticate God. And he said this, this passage is telling us that our God smashes and levels the enemies set up against us. He's like a flood. Baal Perazim means the Lord breaks through. And if you're kind of wondering, how do you use the name of uh, like Baal to apply to God? Well, this, this name, this Hebrew word Baal or Baal, was a kind of a generic name for deity in that day. It sometimes could be translated master. In fact, you might even think of it, we follow the master of breakthroughs. God is really good at breakthrough. He's really good at it. 
And again, I want to ask, where do you need a breakthrough? Where do you need one? See, we need to take seriously what the Bible tells us about God, that God is a warrior, that God fights for his people, that God smashes the enemies of his people, that God fights for us. And when God fights, idols get destroyed. Verse 21 says, the Philistines abandoned their idols there, and David and his men carried them off. And breakthrough, if it's going to happen during these next few weeks, it's going to destroy some idols. Are you ready to break some idols? Set them aside. God's going to point out idols in our lives in these next few weeks. He's going to ask us to abandon them. And if we do, he will take them away. Why don't you write down on your notes right now this question. Where do I need to obey God? Will you make that a prayer? The next few weeks, remember open hands. God, where do I need to obey you? See, when we fight and when we obey... One of the things we need to see is the last thing I'm going to point out. We should never think it's a one and done. We, we think that sometimes, right? Okay, God, I did it. Good, I can move on to the next thing. It doesn't work like that, does it? Because problems come again and failures come again. The enemy will return. And we actually see this in the last verses of this passage. And the fifth thing I want you to write down is God breaks through as he sovereignly chooses. Here's where I get this from, verses 22 through 25. And the Philistines came up yet again and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And when David acquired, uh, inquired of the Lord, and we might put there yet again, he said, God says, you shall not go up. Different command this time. Go around to their rear and come up the, against them opposite the balsam trees. And when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then rouse yourself, for then the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did as the Lord commanded him and struck down the Philistines from Geba to Gezer. So they attack again. David inquires of the Lord again. But this time God gives different instructions. Don't attack Head on, he says, outflank them from the rear. Come against them, he says, opposite the balsam trees. We don't know exactly what this means. Some people think that there was a wind that God caused to blow through the trees. Sovereignly, he commands the wind. Some people speculate it was the sound of angels marching. I don't know. That would be pretty cool if that's what it was. But whatever it was, God was going ahead of David. And God was going to bring David and his army victory. I want you to write this down to think about it. This, this uh, point uh, reminds us of this principle. Breakthrough comes by following a person, not a pattern. We experience breakthrough when we are open to God and to God's leadership wherever he takes us. And he's sovereign. He's God, we're not. He can do whatever it is he wants to do. I said that I would give you kind of a pattern for breakthrough. And again, this is not the only pattern that I think we find in the scriptures, but I think it's a good one. We're going to look at more passages like this during our breakthrough season. I want to give you two verses. Many of you will be familiar with these two verses, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And I would like us to read these verses out loud together. Can you do that with me? Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy... To offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I'm going to give you three words to go with these two verses, all right? First word, sacrifice. Breakthrough always calls for sacrifice. We're to be living sacrifices. And involved in this word sacrifice is a second word. That's surrender. Surrender everything to God. God gave you everything. How come you're not giving him everything? God gave you his son. Why are you not returning all that you are in honor of that? This is what it means to worship. You know, true worship is not singing songs. True worship is surrender. And then the third word is the word stop. This comes from verse 2. You need to stop thinking and living like the world thinks and lives. How many of us, our real reason we're, we're stuck and we're not having breakthrough is we are conformed to the pattern of this world. And it is when we sacrifice, it is when we surrender, it is when we stop, that's when breakthrough comes. But as we see in David's story, it doesn't come easily. In fact, almost always it never comes without a fight. We have to fight. You have to fight. You have to keep fighting. And after that, here's what you have to do. You have to keep showing up. And that sometimes is the heart of the fight. Just showing up. Keep showing up. Keep showing up another day. Keep fighting until God brings breakthrough. One of the best stories that I've heard recently is is the story of the Leatherman Company. Now, some of you know instantly what I'm talking about. If you don't know, Leathermans are, are these pocket knives that have like all kinds of tools all jammed into them and all kinds of ways that, that tool people just get all, they kind of get shivers down their back when they see stuff like that. Anybody have a Leatherman like in this room right now? Yeah, look, I, I, see, I see those hands. Um, and, and if you're a Leatherman kind of tool kind of person, you, you, you love it. You, you might even take it for granted. But I want you to think about something. It didn't exist until it did. You say, what are you talking about? Well, there's this guy, and his name was Tim Leatherman. And he was on a trip to Europe with his wife right after college at Oregon State. And they, they decided to rent a car. It was a Fiat 600, and his car just kept breaking down. And this was back in the days, you know, if you're kind of a shade tree mechanic, some of you know it used to be able to work on cars. Now nobody can work on cars, right? And, um, but back then you could, and he had this, this Boy Scout knife, and he had a pair of pliers with him. I, I don't know why you take pliers to Europe, but this guy did. This is the kind of guy he was. And he had to keep working on it. And he said to himself as he kept doing this, it would be so cool if I could have this like in one thing. I wouldn't have to keep changing hands. You know, one tool with pliers and knives. And he was this kind of guy who was always keeping the things I want to do with my life list. And while he was on this trip in Europe, he wrote down, put pliers in a pocket knife. And he got home from his trip, and he decided, I'm going to do it. And he started working on it, but it was easier said than done. Three years, he says, into the project, he is in his brother-in-law's garage, and he broke down weeping. It was on his birthday because he couldn't make it work. But he said, you know, the next morning I got up. I, I showed up. I, I kept going. 
And after three years of working on this, he was issued a patent for what we know today as a Leatherman. He actually called it Mr. Crunch. But even with a patent, for another five years, he couldn't get anyone to buy one. They kept turning him down. Every hardware store he went to, every company he, he wrote to rejected it. They, they said there was no market for it. The huge Stanley company, you know them, they wrote him a letter and said, no one will ever want this. And he was distraught. In year seven, he said he almost gave up. But then a friend came along and encouraged him to keep going. This friend said, I'll, I'll work with you and maybe together we can think about some things that you haven't thought of yet. And by year eight, he says, he had received over 500 rejection letters 500 when finally a little known company called Cabela's known a little more now huh said we'll buy 500 500 of what is now called a Leatherman and Cabela paid him $12,000 and the rest as they say is history this company's headquartered in Portland and employs over 400 people there's over 30 models that have now been developed and like i i already asked you know there's a number of leatherman tools in this room right now and if you know a person with a leatherman people love them they pass them down like from generation to generation it's an heirloom you know uh, they, they actually have a section on their website called tool tales there are over 4,500 of them. People have just wrote, written stories about how a Leatherman tool made a difference in someone's life. And I want you to think about what it took for him to keep showing up for eight years when all of the experts told him this will never work. Think about how he had to fight all of the doubt and all of the defeat and all of the discouragement. 500 rejections, weeping in a garage, wanting to give up, wanting to quit before he finally experienced breakthrough. Winston Churchill once said, success consists of going from failure to failure without a loss of enthusiasm. And I wonder how many of us just might give up in some part of our journey with God right before we experience the breakthrough that he has for us. This story we've just studied, David, he shows us how to fight. And we must never forget it's a fight. Having a godly marriage is a fight. I don't mean the fights you have. <laughs> I mean, having, raising godly children is a fight. Has anyone ever noticed that? I mean, sometimes the kids are the enemies, amen? <laughs> Becoming like Jesus is a fight that's why the bible calls it spiritual warfare and i just wonder where are you at on this journey where are you thinking about quitting about giving up what what dream are you beginning to lose faith in where are you in that journey because what i'm saying to you is this a fight it's not just one round and it's over. It's not just, yeah, well, I fought, you know, I tried to control my thoughts. I tried to speak differently. I, I tried to start the business. I tried to work on the marriage. That's not a fight. A fight is when you keep showing up and you get bloody round after round. A fight is when you get knocked down and you get back up. A fight sometimes is when you spit your tooth out in the sink, right? <laughs> a fight is what you can do when you know that God loves you and God has a plan for you and God wants to do more through you. 
than you could ever know. But you have to fight. You have to fight. I'm almost done, and some of you want to know, and some of you have forgotten. What about Larry and Chrissy? Well, we left them drowning in icy water. He kissed his wife goodbye as he hugged her there in the water, but he said just before he began to sink, he reached down and he felt in his pocket his Leatherman. <laughs> now, God only knows why or how he thought of it, but he opened it up and he put the pliers out and he said using the pliers, he daggered the ice with that tool and he was able to swing himself up out of the water and laying flat, he reached down into the water And he pulled his wife to safety. <clears throat> Here's what I want to leave you with. You may be fighting a difficult, bloody battle. You may be fighting for breakthrough. You are trying to win a war within or without. But you're not the only one. There are people all around you right now, people in your family, people in your life, people you don't even know their names yet, and they are trying to win it too. And if you give up, if you stop, how Will God ever use you to reach them? Think about this. Tim Leatherman never knew in the garage at year six about Larry and Chrissy Waters. But God knew that him showing up and him not giving up would lead to their lives being saved. So do not forget this as you fight for breakthrough. The last thing I want to leave you with this morning is breakthrough is not just for you. It's for other people in your life, others who need to know. Just think about how many people's lives can be changed as each one of us breaks through. Let's break through together, Southwinds. Amen? Would you bow your heads as we pray?